Good morning and welcome to Church Matters, a place where we ask questions about the role and life of the church at home, across the street, and around the world. This program is brought to you by Mennonite Church Canada. Sitting in for Janet today is Neil von Gunten. Neil, together with his wife Edith, are the co-directors of Mennonite Church Canada's Native Ministry. Welcome to the host chair, Neil. It's great to be here, Dan. Canada's Indigenous people have had a rocky relationship with the Christian Church. Can this relationship be healed? And if so, what can the ordinary person contribute to the healing? In a few minutes, we'll explore this issue with Anita Keith. Anita is a Christian of Mohawk, Algonquin, and British descent. She is an ordained minister, an instructor of Aboriginal education at Red River College in Winnipeg, and the administrator for the North American Institute for Indigenous Theological Studies. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus teaches reconciliation. The story of Zacchaeus is one of great reconciliation stories in the New Testament. Tax collectors had a reputation as cheaters in those days, and Zacchaeus wants to rectify that. In Luke 19, Zacchaeus invites Jesus to his home, but onlookers grumble that Jesus will go to a sinner's home. In verse 8, Zacchaeus responds, Look, half my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek, to seek out and save the lost. Let's welcome Anita Keith to Church Matters today. Anita is of Mohawk, Algonquin, and British descent, an ordained minister and teaches Aboriginal education at Red River College. Welcome here, Anita. Glad to be here. Anita, the Christian church and the Aboriginal community have traveled a rocky road together. Are there indicators that suggest to you that there is still some goodwill left toward the church among Indigenous people? Oh, absolutely. You know, there are still a lot of hurdles for us to get over in the context of following Christ, but we are called to forgive daily. The blood of Jesus is enough, and there are no options. And we have to remember that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers. And so that should always be at the forefront that, you know, the white mainstream church person is not my enemy. It is, it is Satan. And so we always have to walk in unity, and that's the mandate that we are called to walk in. Anita, what does the church need to know and do and act upon to regain and or build up a mutual trust with each other? I believe the church has not become knowledgeable about Aboriginal people. I think it does think it knows, but it it really doesn't. I just reflect back on some research I did, and I was reading a um, piece from a, a missionary who was in Africa for many, many years, and he said that the first year that he was there, he thought, though these people are so dark, they don't even have enough sense to create a, a god. Uh, and then he says, after I was there for three years, I realized that maybe I didn't know everything. And then after I was there for 10 years, I realized it would take me a lifetime to know these people. And I think also that the church has not really to any large extent uh, stood with Aboriginal people on the hard issues like land claims, justice, the Indian Act. And, uh, you know, we have to minister to the whole person. Does the Indigenous community have a role in also building trust with the church? And, and can this be a mutual effort? And if so, how? I find that when 
people come to Aboriginal people with the right heart. They do respond in kind. And yes, we do each have a part to play. The reality is that too long, Aboriginal people have often shrunk back and said nothing when the relationship turns to a power over type relationship, you know, the golden rule, the man with the gold makes the rules. And that has tended to happen with the church. So most relationships start out as equal, but soon that power over paradigm kicks in. And instead of calling people on their bad behavior, Aboriginal people have learned to become invisible. They are just gone one day and no one knows why. And interestingly, no one asks. And so both parties have a responsibility in working at building trust between the church and the Indigenous community, I believe. You used the example of person who went to Africa and realized over time how much effort it would take to really get to know the people. What kinds of things, what kind of signals do you hear today from the white Christian church that indicate to you that we may think we know, but we don't? I think that I still see a lot of that power over paradigm. It's the the paradigm of approaching Aboriginal people as a project instead of coming at them by building relationships. And I always like to build relationships with people. And for me, I think of it as you and I together advancing the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, not you coming and advancing it in my life. Um, You know, the Bible in Thessalonians says that, you know, we are to be dependent on no man. And so I don't need the church. As an Aboriginal person, I don't need the church to provide for me. God's doing it quite well, thank you very much. And so when the church comes at me with that paradigm, it's hard to sit the person down and say, whoa, stop, I don't need you. I need What I need you for is, is God calling us together to advance the kingdom? And if so, then let's work on that. But don't come to minister to me, over me. Anita, what would you say is the single biggest barrier to healing the way we live together? The answer is twofold. It's racism is alive and well, and the denial of racism is alive and well. Peggy McIntosh wrote an article on white privilege, and she said, white privilege is like an invisible weightless knapsack of special provisions, maps, passports, code books, visas, clothes, tools, and blank checks. And because mainstream church is predominantly white, members have this invisible knapsack of blessings that follow them around all day. And because Aboriginal people are not, uh, we live daily with racism in every facet of our life. Often people are not even aware that they are being racist or that they are treating others as the other. And I know I have felt that, you know, I am the other. And when I realize that, I start to shut down in my relationships and I start to pull back and say, well, this isn't a place I want to go. And so I graciously withdraw and become invisible. And people don't usually ask why. They just, she's gone. Canadians as a whole, the whole country, has been formed on these stereotypes. And they permeate, they bleed into our lives, into our spirit, into our prayer, into our programs. And it's very painful for Aboriginal people. So our conversation so far has focused a lot on differences. What common ground can we find uh, among Indigenous peoples and the church? What can we celebrate together? Where can we find the hope? Oh, there are a lot of common grounds, Dan. Um, I think, first of all, of Christ and his finished work. The blood is enough for all of us. And so that is a wonderful place to start. And, you know, we always come back to that in our relationships The blessings that flow out of the Holy Spirit, you know, they're ours, those resources from heaven. 
And through our prayers, we can call them in, in into our ministries and into our lives. And certainly the personal relationships we choose to work at, build. And even when they're painful, you know, if we will hang in through those difficult times, and if we choose to hang in with each other, the ground becomes even more holy. It's like a, a tall oak, you know, it becomes sturdy and you can't move it. And when people build those authentic relationships, those relationships are strong. I know I think of Neil and Edith and myself. You know, we've gone through some conflicts and we've gone through some little things. And But, you know, we, we just step over it. It's like we say our peace and then we move on back to love. And that's what's important. We always have to come back to that. And certainly we have the word to live by, guide our lives, whether we're Aboriginal or mainstream uh, Christians. And we have the same mandate. Ephesians 4.1 says, walk worthy of the vocation that you are called to. Thanks, Anita, for joining us today. Thank you. It's been great being here. Our guest today has been Anita Keith, pastor, teacher, and leader on issues of theology and Indigenous people. As always, we welcome your comments on this or any of the other Church Matters programs. You can send your feedback to office at mennonitechurch.ca or call one 866 To learn more about the common ground of Aboriginal sacred teachings in the Bible, look for a new curriculum called Reaching Up to God, Our Creator at www.mennoniteschurch.ca or call toll-free 1-866-888-6785 and ask for the Resource Center. In the meantime, we invite prayer and financial support of Mennonite Church Canada and this radio program. You can donate online or send a gift to 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3POM4, Write Church Matters on the Envelope. My name is Neil Van Gutten, and it's been great to fill in for Janet today. Miigwech. Thanks, Neil, for sitting in today. My name is Dan Dick. You've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Tune in again at this same time on the third Sunday of the month to hear more about the many ways that church matters in the world. Thanks for joining us. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you, the face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.